morning. This is Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library. In this podcast, we're doing uh, going through a book called Life After Grief, Choosing the Path to Healing by Rebecca Haber-Bauer. My daughter got me this book for our library right after my husband, Mark, passed. And so um, I've been reading through it and sharing it with some of you and giving my insights of some things that's applicable, things that have happened in my life uh, regarding the grief since my husband passed it still seems so surreal even though I was here and with him that day it still seems seems impossible when they wheeled him out into the ambulance to take him to the hospital after they said he died um, I still was believing he'd be brought back I really I really was praying with all my heart and so it still it just seems like um, any day he could come back even though we had a funeral and go to his gravesite all the time. You know, it's just true love never dies. And so life with grief. <laughs> this life after grief, but life with grief. Um, that could be a title of a book. Because you do, you just have to keep you have to keep on living even though your mind, your thoughts, you're cons- you're consumed with the thoughts, the memories of what you had. We're on page 142, lesson, a soft heart in a hard world. When you are walking through the valley of the shadow, you're walking through a very hard world and a very hard season of your life. Our culture talks a lot about the hardness of life. We attend the school of hard knocks, live between a rock and a hard place, and discover that there are no hard and fast rules. We meet people who are as hard as nails, drive a hard bargain, and are a hard act to follow. We encounter circumstances that are hard to swallow, and we know people who have fallen on hard times. We're hard-pressed, hard-up, play hard to get, and need hard cash. Along the way, we run into hard voices, faces, attitudes, and hearts. Out of sheer self-protection, our tendency is to become hard ourselves. We have a hard time. We toe the line, develop hard feelings, and in the process become hard-hearted. Of course, we know without being told that this is not what the Lord wants for us. But on the trip through the valley and in having to deal with people who are well-meaning but not always helpful, it's easy to begin building walls of self-protection. Before we know it, we've developed a hard heart. On my journey, I described the people I protected myself against the people who were emotionally unsafe. I'm sure you understand that description. These were the people who poked and prodded at my heart or who wanted me to stay the same and therefore hindered me from moving forward or who simply said things that hurt. One day the Lord challenged me, pointing out that my list of emotionally unsafe people was getting pretty long. In other words, I was distancing myself more and more from people and the long-term impact on my life I realized was unforgiveness. I knew I had to do something about that. I repented before the Lord for those attitudes, and I began to intentionally seek out some of those people to renew relationship. They didn't know they had been on my emotionally unsafe list, but I do know that they felt my distance. As I began to renew those relationships, I found that the majority of the people were now safe. I took that to mean that the issue was actually probably mine from the start, but I was in a, such a, I was in such a fragile place that I needed the distance at the time. Fragile place. What I learned was that while I may have initially needed to, oh, 
why I may have initially needed tight perimeters around people while I healed. Left untended, it turned into a heart issue in my own life that I needed to deal with. It was time to expand the perimeters of my life. Bottom line, no matter what any of us go through, we never have the luxury of allowing hard-heartedness and unforgiveness into our lives. Scripture says a lot about hard-heartedness. Probably the best-known hard-hearted person in the Bible is the Pharaoh of the Exodus. I've often heard people say things like, I don't understand why God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Did God only love the Israelites? That doesn't sound like the God I know. But if you read the whole account, Exodus 4.21 through Exodus 14.8, you'll find that the entire process began with Pharaoh hardening his own heart time and time again. This teaches us a very sobering lesson. We can harden our hearts so often and to such an extent that the Lord simply gives us over to our own choices. Matthew 19.8 tells us that a hard-heartedness is the spirit behind divorce or any separation of relationship for that matter. Separation in marriage, separation between ethnicities, separation between friends, separation between nations. But Jesus came to break down the wall of separation and make both one. Ephesians 2.14 He wanted unity. Why we divide ourselves from others through hard-heartedness? God's desire is to unite people and to bring healing to every relationship. As you walk through your journey, there are people whom you need to renew relationships. Hard-heartedness is also the spirit attitude between, behind the lack of belief. See Mark 16.14. Lack of understanding. Mark 6.52. Rebellion. See Hebrews 3 and 8. Deceitfulness, Hebrews 3.13, and unwillingness to give, Deuteronomy 15.7. All of these attitudes can hold us back from stepping into our futures. No wonder the Lord calls us to be to a more responsive way of life. But how can we foster that openness? How can we have a soft heart in a hard world? The Bible tells us in Hosea 10 and 12, First, break up fallow ground. Sometimes we just need to be honest about the hardness of our heart that we have allowed and then intentionally begin to break up those places and deal with them. Have we fostered unforgiveness toward anyone or anger? Where have we offended someone else? The first step to keeping our hearts soft is digging up hardness. Digging things up isn't enough by itself. The Lord also calls us to repentance. Romans 2, 4, and 5 tells us that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. But when we have had a hard and unrepentant heart, we treasure up judgment for ourselves. God doesn't just lead us to repentance that leads to salvation. He wants us to lead to repentance every day. So as you dig in your heart and the Lord brings to light, make sure that you not only restore friendship, but also repent before the Lord. After all, sin, no matter who else is involved, is ultimately against God. Psalms 51 and 4. Second, be with the body. Hebrews 3, 13 says to not let our hearts be hardened hear the voice of the Lord through one another are you having believers in your life to whom you're accountable and trusting God and praying with get your prayer groups have your family rally around you be strong in the Lord and the power of his might have a daily communion with the Lord trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding if he's called you to a way of separation if he's called you to a way of isolation time to get alone with him has he had litigate in your heart has he had has he brought you before the throne are you being judged by the the judge the ultimate judge 
Let him say. Let him say that he covered it all. That he paid it all. That he knows that you're free. You're free from the guilt of the past. You're free from those bonds. You are free. You can walk away free. Knowing that he is the ultimate caregiver of your life. That he is watching over you. Finally begin to give. Deuteronomy 15.7 cautions us against hardening our hearts to the need of those around us. Where do you see need? Do you volunteer in your community? Do you volunteer to give up yourself? Give to like Tublo's Children's Mansion, Orphanage, a place that you can, that you can give, reach out to. Um, other places. There's so many place, places that you can give and to go sing at the nursing homes or just be there, make cards, adopt a, a grandparent, adopt a child, um, do something, help out in the pets, the abandoned pets, um, different things in your community. See what you can do. Keep busy. There are times, as we discussed, when it's important to pull in the boundaries, living in emotional intensive care, but the boundaries cannot stay that way, that small forever. Are you at a stage in your journey where it's time to look at a little expansion, a little re-engagement? On part of my journey, the Lord told me to remember my kindnesses, see page 74, to keep my heart soft. It was a simple reminder that even in the school of hard knocks, even between a rock and a hard place, if I keep my focus on the rock who supports me, my heart will stay soft even in a hard world. Yours will too. I don't know what page 74 was. I've passed that a long time. She said she started a kindness list of things that God had done for her and review it regularly because we forget, we don't mean to, but that list got longer and longer. You know, I used to keep a, um, a, a board with post-it notes things I thank God for every day and I posted up I did like two years and that's true um, I don't um, I took those doors and put them away and so I don't have those um, at the moment there were closet doors that were not on the closet and I had them just laying in the living room but um, up against the shelf but um, you know just because we may not do that just always every day remember to thank the Lord we're thankful thankful for life I do walk through the house and I thank God. I say, thank God that I get to still be in the house that Martha and I had. Thank you for all the amenities. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the amenities of home. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for free enterprise where I can do, you know, home child care and, and work for my home and just, you know, just different things that He protects us, that He provides. We must be thankful. Thank God for the opportunity to do a podcast for my home. A devotional every week on Hazelwood USA for my home. Different things that we could do on the internet or through texting or through um, just the different means. And there's so much more technology I don't even know how to use yet. I don't know how to Zoom call. I don't know how to FaceTime. I don't know how to do a bunch of things. But the things I do know how to do, I give him praise and thank him. So God bless each one of you as we keep on pointing others to the cross. Hope you got a little bit out of that devotion today, out of that podcast today. Um, Life after grief. You know, Jesus is our life. He came that we might have life and that more abundantly. So let's cast our cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for each one of us. Love you all. Bye-bye.